Welcome to Legacy Game Changer. I'm your host, Zanetta Rogers. I'm an accountant, tax preparer, financial consultant. I am a travel agent and an insurance agent. Um, today, I have a special guest, Kay Speaks, and she's from Houston, Texas. Um, she's a forever educator, a businesswoman. So how are you today? Hi, I'm from Houston, Texas, and um, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Fine. I think we have a lot in common as far as, as far as being financial advisor and trying to make sure people get their money right. So I hear you have a book. So you can can you tell us a little bit about your new book? My book is Break Up with Twelve Financial Bays. So basically, it's like your ex financial boyfriends who get you in all kinds of trouble, um, like the eating out bay or the buy now pay later bay. And um, it was the intent of the book was to reach our younger community because I know how tough it can be to uh, manage your finances properly. And so that was the intent of the book. I'm certainly no financial expert like you, Zanetta. I know you have a CPA under your belt and all such other amazing things. I'm literally just a simple Black woman who has made mistakes in her life like anybody else, but I just see the value in obtaining the knowledge, having a will to make the change and taking baby steps to progress your, your own financial future. Yeah. So who was the first person to teach you about money and did he or she have a healthy relationship with money? That's a great question. Um, I think that the person who taught me the most about money would have to be my grandmother, Mary Jones. Um, she taught me what a checkbook was supposed to look like, how to balance your checkbook. She taught me about the importance of saving, not only with her words, but through example. And so... Um, <laughs> And she she didn't make a lot, you know. Um, she grew up in the '60s as a young adult, and uh, '50s '50s and '60s as a young adult. And she uh, she was a hairstylist. She was a beautician, so she really didn't make a lot of money, but she always had money. Oh, and good. yeah, she always had it for some reason, you know. And um, and she tithed her church regularly as well. And so I just really looked up to her. So do you feel that the Black community as a whole has helped you properly, I mean, had made you properly equipped with handling your finances? Well, I think, I think the Black community as a whole, there's work that needs to be done. You know, if anyone was was lucky enough to have a grandmother like my own, that's always a great start. But as a whole, you know, we are left behind when it comes to qualifying for mortgages and uh, qualifying for even some of the smaller wins like a uh, a new car or um, for other small wins as well. And I think it all starts with us not being given fair and equal access to the resources as other ethnic groups have had the resources and access. So I'm really excited that there are people out there like you, Zanetta, 
and other uh, financial black financial pioneers who are taking on the strings to educate our community and help prepare us better for success. I think I was blessed because I went to a vocation, Merville vocational school where they taught us the, how to balance our checkbook. I was in accounting, you know, back in high school and they taught us everything. And we had stuff called survival skills, you know? So what happens if you only have $10 left and you have to feed your families? We had those, those situations where they made us try to figure out a budget based on what may happen, you know? Uh, they just gave us diff different scenarios. The stock market fell and you had all your money in the stock market. What did you do? Uh, so we learned how to, you know, make our own bread and all that other stuff during, during those times because what happens when hard times hit? So, and a lot of people, they don't have that in school anymore. Yes. And absolutely. And also, um, since we're in a season of love and Black love, you know, what better way for others to show their love for somebody through education? And instead of, you know, buying you the latest new toy um, for young kids to be a physical toy for adults might be the latest electronic, you know, electronics, maybe you can gift them a financial wisdom, which will really benefit them in the long run. So when did you start learning how to invest? What age? I would say... Learning how to invest probably came late for me, late 30s, because I, I felt a need to seek it on my own because there was really no one out there who was outwardly coming to me with that kind of information. So um, I joined a group online. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called um, Dream Catchers and a Budget Nista. Oh, yeah. And she also has a second group called the Live Richer Academy for those who kind of want a more in-depth conversation about finances. So I'm a part of both groups. And um, one thing that they shared is that it, it uh, of course, it's about small wins and you don't have to have $10,000 to invest. It could be a smaller win, such as doing like Self Lender, which is um, a resource where a person could invest $25 a month, something as small as that, and put it into a safe, untouchable account for 12 months. And just to see that, you know, and then that reports positively to your credit bureaus. So for some people, it might be as small as that, but you have to be bold, you have to be courageous enough to ask questions and get started. And also, another way to educate yourself about investing is to speak with financial advisors uh, like yourself or at your local bank. So I have a relationship with my financial advisor at Chase Bank, and he and I can have some of those more in-depth conversations about finances. So let's, deep, let's dive deeper into your chapters of your book. Okay. So your goal is to get young women of color to analyze their spending habits and would you decide, you know, so can you go into deeper discussion on that? Yes, each chapter of my book is called Bays, which, you know, a classic way might be babe. Hey, babe. You know, that's what, but I call it Bays. So each chapter is about a different financial bay that we love to date and spend time with but may not be the healthiest relationship for us. So um, 
the purpose of adding the word bay to each chapter is to first of all figure out a language that our our younger generation is uh you know they're acclimated with but secondly the deeper meaning is to get them to see the connection and how there is so many definitions of unhealthy relationships not just romantic ones there's also unhealthy financial relationships and, and other types of unhealthy relationships as well Okay, we have to take a short commercial break and we'll be right back. Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. Hello, this is Zanetta Rogers. Join me on Wednesday at 5 p.m. for my new podcast, Legacy Game Changers. Every Wednesday at 5 p.m., join me and we are talk about finance, education, and wealth building for you and your family to leave a legacy for your loved ones. Once again, that's Legacy Game Changers, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Well, thanks for listening to Legacy Game Changer. We're back with Kay Speaks. And my next question is, tell me about the Eaton Out Bay. Ooh, I know this bay all too <laughs> well. Because, um, yeah, I have plenty of stories about Eating Out Bay. I'll tell you one, if you don't mind. So uh, <laughs> me and Eating Out Bay go way back. And... There was a point in my life where the the coworkers knew who I was by name. They knew my order, exactly what it was I wanted to order. The managers knew me. Yeah. And they'd be like, ooh, Kay Speaks, you're back. You like that extra ranch for the, your, uh, your appetizer, right? I was like, yes, like we got you. We're going to get you taken care of. And it was, it was to that point where you had a relationship with the staff inside of the restaurant. And this was going on for a couple of restaurants. It wasn't just one. And that that's when you know you really have a problem. So <laughs> last year, I moved into a new place, so excited. And it was like, well, Kamaria, new place, new space. It, and it's, the expenses are a little bit higher. So something's gonna have to get cut back. And then, you know, also in a new space, it's like, it's beautiful around here. I want to make my own meal from home. And so I did do that. And for seven months straight, I did not eat out. Like zero. I cooked from home, breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day for seven months. 
Now, <laughs> so I was really, really proud of that because I've never had that milestone before. And it saved me a bunch of money, you know. Um, but I, the summer happened and then, you know, nieces and nephews wanted auntie to take them to their favorite places. And so I'm having to regain that balance back. So now I'm kind of down to once a week eating out, but it's still, yeah, it's still nothing like it was. I know I had the same problem. I mean, it was so bad that the owner would come to me and say, oh, we're going to be on vacation next week, Miss Rogers. <laughs> now, you know, when the owner of a restaurant tells you they're going to be on vacation and close and you've been there too many times. <laughs> you win. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You win. I, I haven't had the owner come out and, and properly greet me. That's so it's sweet. Like, okay, we're going to be on vacation next week. Sorry. <laughs> that is so sweet. Yes, um, but I, I'm telling you, the eating out bay doesn't have to be unhealthy. So, like, you can still wave at eating out bay from a distance. <laughs> you might see them in the streets, and you, you know, you can have a, a healthier relationship with eating out bay. Might look like once a week, or at the most twice a week. But it's just really important for if the younger if the younger generation says, "Hey, we want to find a way to save money," that's a perfect way to start. Yeah. Now, you when you get it, to a certain tax bracket, and if you can afford to go out every day, well, that's different. But you know, your friends is Hot Wings Wednesday, is Pizza <laughs> Fuck Thursday, is you know Salsa Monday. <laughs> so how are we how are we going to get around all that? Because <laughs> we don't want to be antisocial, you know. <laughs> that's a great question. I have a, a complete response to that. Um, invite your friend over to your home and. Um, and, and I'm so glad you brought that up, Zanetta. Invite your friend over to your home and try to recreate the uh, dish that they love so much from the restaurant. And then ask your friend for their honest feedback. Did it, did it taste like what you're accustomed to at the restaurant? Did you enjoy it? And what I found is I've done that for a couple of dishes. And when I make them from home, they often taste a little bit better. Cause they're hot and fresh and not sitting on above no burner getting chilled out. They're normally hotter and fresher. And so um, that would be my response to that younger person who says, Hey, you know, we would just want to go out with our girls, which is cool, but Hey, invite your girls over. Yeah. But you, you know, if, are there any other tips that you have for the young girls to save money? Um, what else should we cut out? Because you know, I'm, you know, we're not going to cut out getting our hair done. Oh, yes. So. One, one thing that I've noticed the younger generation is really popular now that I haven't, it wasn't really a thing when I was in my twenties, but one thing that they are really popular is that Afterpay, the Klarna, when they get on those clothing websites, mm -hmm. um, you can, uh, like if the total of the cost is $50, you can do four separate payments. Okay. But what I'm hearing is, cause I've been listening. Mm -hmm. In the social media sphere, what I'm hearing is, is that the girls will be like, every day, some new payment is coming out for some clothes I bought five weeks ago. So it's not so much doing it one time, it's becoming an unhealthy addiction and you're uh, charging multiple purchases through the afterpay where they break it up in four payments. And all of a sudden you've been charged every single day of the month. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, let's talk, let's talk to them about credit cards and the yes. danger <laughs> like they say warning warning danger danger because because you know you 
you see something on sale, use your credit card. You don't pay the bill off, so you don't lost the you don't pay the regular price price plus. So yeah, what do you suggest they do for the credit cards? Um, so that that is definitely a topic of discussion, and so. With a credit card, I would suggest to that person to charge something small. If you're going to use it, start off very small and make sure that it's not 30, more than 30% of the total uh, balance of it. So in other words, if the card has a $300 spending limit, you probably should not be charging more than $30 to it. Correct me if I'm wrong, Zanetta, you're the expert here. But that's, that was my understanding of credit cards. You should not be charging more than 30% because it can have a negative impact on your credit score, which in turn will impact your ability to, um, ability to get the best rate on a future apartment or a future home or a future car some of those more long-term, more important purchases. My advice is only use it because we have to, you have to build up your credit. So put a small thing on it and pay it off. Do not go months and months and give these people all your money because you're talking about 18 to 24%. And then when you don't pay on time, they can increase it to 25 and 30%. Okay. They had, See, they I, had that I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, because you become a bad, bad risk and the, the okay. loan, you, know, you become a bad risk. They can, they have the ability to increase it uh, from that stated rate. Okay. Yeah. So moral to the story, ladies. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't do it. Now, right now. Just proceed with a lot of caution. And, um, you know, I can attest to that. Uh, I have made some uh, poor choices with credit in the past. And it does have an impact. It's like you <laughs> you go into uh, try to qualify for different long-term uh, goals that you had set for yourself. And then they'll be like, oh, what about this credit card you took out four years ago? And I'm like, I've done been broke up with that credit card. <laughs> They're like, yeah, but according to your credit report, I'm like, ugh, ooh. When I was so like, if you, just like a real boyfriend, if you don't want him uh, haunting and, and ghosting and you want to, you feel me? Yeah. You want him showing up at places? They gave me seven credit cards and I didn't even have the income for seven credit cards. Back then when they were just giving away credits, credit card. I mean, I had I had some of everybody just giving me a credit card because I was in college. You know, luckily I wasn't stupid enough to use all of them. Yeah. But hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can I can attest that I've made some foolish choices. I can attest to that. And I, I'm, hey, I'm putting it out there. Um, but you know, you have to, you have to grow and you have to learn from them. Yeah. I mean, the other mistake I made, I don't know if you made the same mistake is co-signing for somebody. Mm, Yeah. Yes. That's the one way to kill your credit because if they're not paying the bank or anybody else, why do you think they're going to pay you? (laughs) You They don't care about their own credit. So why do you think they're going to care about yours? Most co-signing relationships do not end well. No, no. I mean, you see, all you have to do is look at Judge Judy. 
or, or any of those court, court cases in you. And most of the time it's the cell phone. I put somebody on my cell phone bill and they don't want to pay yeah. cell phones about a thousand dollars. And while we own while we own the subject, let's not even get into Tendler Swindler. Have you seen that movie? No. Okay. Tendler Swindler is the latest, it's in a top 10 movies on Netflix right now. So it's getting millions of streams. And Tendler Swindler is about a young, beautiful woman. And she met a guy online on Tinder. Um, and he ended up asking her for large sums of money. 10,000 here, 20,000 there. Oh, I got it. He's like, oh, I'm homeless. I don't have nowhere to sleep tonight. I need you. Can you wire me $20,000 to Paris? <laughs> And at some point, she ran out of money. So she started uh, signing for loans on his behalf, oh, just man. asking for loans from the bank. And, and you know, she, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I, but people do this. People yeah, get taken yeah. advantage of and with people who don't have good intentions. Mm -hmm. So um, I would just say if there's any anyone watching tonight, just be careful. Yeah, we all make mistakes. We all fall short. I, trust me, I have. And and I'm I I continue to make financial mistakes today, which is why it's good I have an accountability partner, my financial advisor. Yeah. And Chase. Because I, I made a lot of mistakes too. So and I like I said, some big ones and I had a lot, lot of holes I had to dig myself out of. Uh, because unfortunately when you get when you get deep, you find out who your friends are. And I all those people that borrowed money from me couldn't give me my money back. <laughs> so when, when they say they used to say about if, if I owe you you never go broke yes you will go broke because they owe you <laughs> and they won't pay it back <laughs> that part that part I just <laughs> that part right there and um oh man so and speaking of digging holes when you said that metaphor that made me think about uh overdrafts and that's something that I haven't touched on in the, in the book. So maybe I'll put that in the bonus chapter. <laughs> yeah. And how much is it really going to cost you? Especially, I don't know, you know, once because this generation, they don't, they only use their credit cards and they, they use their debit cards. And some of those ATMs have fees. You don't know how many of those that fees is going to cost you every time you go to a different, some bank that's not associated with your card. Yes. So you, you're incurring all that all that charge too. So that's true. That's very true. And the overdrafts add up fast, like if you're not careful. And here's one thing I didn't know. And this came from a bank, a, a bank expert who's worked in banks. But they say what they do is is that like let's say you have three pending charges mm -hmm. and one of them is really big. It's your rent. And the other two are real small. Like you maybe you spent five dollars, five seventy-five at Starbucks and $20 at the movies. Well, what the bank does is <clears throat> they will take out the bigger charge first. Even if all three of them hit in one day, like on a first of month, they will take out the bank, the, the rent charge first. And so like, if you're teetering to the line of overdraft, be like you're real close, like you're about $2 away, they'll hit that larger purchase first, make you overdraft, from the larger purchase and then they'll take two additional overdrafts on the smaller purchases yeah but if it was flipped you would only have one overdraft because the two smaller purchases would not have put you in the overdraft situation 
So I don't know if that makes sense. Last time I looked, overdraft fees may be like $30. $35. a piece. And it's a billion dollar industry for banks. They're banking. So it's, it's really important too, that you watch that because those really small, it's not, it's really not the big charges that get people in trouble. It's the tiny, small ones that add up. Now you can't, since the money is taken out so automatic, you can't play that game where you used to beat the check to the bank and make sure you have enough money to cover (laughs) because everything's coming out right away. So it's either there or not. Yes. It's, it's, yeah, all of that. So um, I know you have some juicy bonuses for my audience. Yes, yes. In the ebook, um, I like to call it like an ebook slash workbook because it's, you know, I have a, a, a history of teaching for eight years as well. Um, and so I like there to be action steps to go along with what you read. Otherwise, what are you doing it for? Like, what are we here for? Yeah. You just going to read this cute book? And keep it moving. Right. Most of the time you ha- I'm still old school. You have to write stuff down because that way you absorb it more. I don't, I mean, you can use computers for some things, but a lot of stuff when you really want to re- retain that information, it has to be in writing, in your handwriting. Yeah, that too. So I decided that a piece of the book needed to be action steps. What are you doing to fix the problem that you're you're having? And so I definitely wanted to make sure a piece of it was tools that the reader can use, um, action steps and tools. And I I even put some action steps at the bottom of each workbook piece. So it's like at the bottom is an action step, something they can do right now to start to work on their weaknesses for their base. (laughs) And and I do have a uh, free sample available as well. Right. What do you do about people? Because I, I talked to my son and, and his his group. They are not honest about their finances. Mm. You know, they are not honest about the finances. They don't. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and how do you break that ice? Yeah. But every time I talk to talk to him and his group of his guys, then and I'm like, I'm looking at you. I'm like, I, I know you're not telling me the truth because <laughs> I know you're not telling me the truth. Come on. Just be honest about where you are. So I think that comes back to Black community and culture. We're not a culture of revealing our financial histories and past. It's, that's cultural. Mm-hmm. And so my parents didn't talk about it. Yeah. No, not, not too much. Um, my mother will always say, I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did. So make sure you're safe. But I think one thing I never asked her that I should have asked her was, Mama, how, how do I save? Where should I be putting my money? Did she um, ever tell you what mistakes did she actually made? Or she just said, I don't, want you to, I don't want you to duplicate my mistakes. But if you don't know those mistakes, then how are you not going to duplicate them? True, but I never asked her the question. And yeah. so, you know, and that, but to answer your question, she would, she would simply say, I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did. And I appreciate her for that. You know, she did absolutely everything she could to encourage me to save. But I, my younger self didn't know how to, to seek more knowledge on, on the best way to save. And besides, I was really concerned with getting the hottest outfit that, that weekend. I wasn't concerned about saving no money. 
What about the cutest outfit that looked cute for the boys, you know, at the schoolyard? So do you have other books? So part of it is maturity. Yeah. Do you have other books that you read on a constant basis to help you, you know, with your finances? Yeah, I have Get Good With Money with Tiffany Alicia. Um, and then I'm going to be honest with you, I need to crack it back open. Okay. And I do have a couple of books on my Kindle. Uh, one is called Spend. And um, so I do have a couple of books that I do have in my library, digital library as well, to uh, start. Yeah. Well, can you tell my audience how they can get in touch with you and how they can get a copy of your book? I am so glad you asked that. So right now my book is in pre-order and the release date is February 28th, um, the very last day of the month. And um, you can go to my Instagram page and that is www.instagram.com slash Kamaria Speaks. That's www.instagram.com slash K-A-M-A R-I-A-S-P-E-A-K-S. And once you're in there, click my link in the bio and there will be um, an easy way to pre-order my book and to get your free sample because there is a free sample available for those who want to just take a sneak peek. You know, try it on before you put it in your cart. That's okay. I got y'all covered too. I really appreciate you being on my show, Kamoya. And I think I said your name right this time. <laughs> I just appreciate you having me, Zanetta. Thank you so, so much. You don't know how much this means to me to for you to take the time out of your schedule, your busy schedule and your day to allow me to share this space with you. I'm so appreciative. You're welcome. And this has been Legacy Game Changer. If you need help with your finances, you can reach me at 443-906-3882 or email me at legacygamechangers at gmail.com. Everyone have a blessed day. 